Hello, welcome to Divine Intervention. Craig, we're going to get things started off. I just want to let you know right off the bat, we're going to talk Michigan SMU. SMU giving up 44 points a game. Michigan is, at this point of the week, a 35-point favorite. But these teams have something in common. Do you know what it is? Oh, Lord. Um, you don't. You no, don't know what it I'm is. I'm not even going to try Take a guess. Let me just tell you, both Michigan and SMU have just won one of their last five games. That's impressive. That's uh, I don't know what's more impressive, that Michigan has lost that many or that SMU has won a game in their last five. I, I just want to tell you that maybe they're more even than we're giving. I, I look at that and I say, wow. Michigan's only won one time in the last five games. So is SMU. How are they 35-point favorites? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, we'll see if it's a close one this Saturday, I guess. In a world where Alabama's probably the best team in the country, uh, Arizona State clearly number two in the country, and Utah State three, uh, and then obviously your, your uh, downstate Spartans there, uh, number four, I think this is going to be a battle Saturday. What about you? I think... Uh... I don't know if a battle is the word I would choose, but I don't know that it's going to be a a 35-point victory for Michigan. I hope it is. I hope Michigan jumps all over him and Harbaugh doesn't take his foot off the gas. Um, that's all I could think this past weekend against Western is they got up early, and in Harbaugh's time at Michigan, we've seen him get up early on teams and then just kind of back off, um, the exception obviously being Rutgers a few years ago, but... Uh, they just have that tendency to get up and then they just kind of back off a little bit. And hopefully they just keep their foot on the gas and just keep racking up points and um, you know keep making stops on defense, keep making big plays, turnovers, whatever. Um, pad our stats, if you will. Hopefully without any injuries. I'm not saying you know leave the starters in, but I, I would think that our second string, our third string guys could – still hang some points up on SMU. So hopefully when those guys get in, um, because I think they will, hopefully when a Dylan McCaffrey gets in or a Brandon Peters or even a Joe Milton, hopefully they don't shrink the playbook. Hopefully they let them air it out a little bit. I'd love to see Peters come in, McCaffrey come in, Milton come in, throw the ball around a little bit and see some guys um, that maybe you don't even know are on the depth chart catch touchdown passes like we saw against Western. Yeah, so uh, honestly, all jokes aside on my end, I think Michigan will blow out SMU. Uh, but I will say uh, there's there's confidence when you blow out a team like Western uh, and you look at SMU's schedule. I'd say that possibly SMU could play some of their better football uh, for once. They've looked really bad in a couple of games uh, against TCU and then their first game uh, against really nobody. Uh, scoring 12 points on TCU... Uh, I guess you could say somewhat impressive a team that's ranked higher uh, than the Wolverines. That's definitely would be more points than Western scored, only three against Michigan. But I'm right with you. Uh, I'm a foot on the gas type of guy all the way until the end, even if that means your second, third strings. For me, I, I would like to see Shea Patterson continue to throw it around. I was impressed uh, that after Michigan had, what, three touchdowns in a row on the ground where it basically seemed like uh, they were just handing the ball off first place scoring. Uh, I was surprised to see Shea Patterson tote the rock around uh, and throw it for a couple of more touchdowns. Obviously, 
that made him look better, get some more experience through a beautiful fade, through a couple of the deep balls. So I expect the same thing. Maybe you don't leave Patterson in in the fourth quarter, but no matter the score, I'd like to see him get comfortable in the offense again. This is still a different look than he saw last year, uh, years before. Uh, get a guy like McCaffrey come in, like you said, Brian Peters, Joe Milton, any of those guys, any of that experience. And yeah, when you have uh, kind of a lack of depth at the wide receiver position, you're looking for really any guy to come out and make plays uh, to allow Michigan to to fill some voids and fill some spots until Tariq Black comes back, if he does come back. But yeah, overall, I think that this is a no-brainer Michigan win. Uh, hopefully guys just stay healthy. Uh, what did you think and what did you take from the Western game that you liked the most? Well, I I like the – well, first of all, let me just say um, the bandwagon got a little bit more crazy on Saturday or people started jumping back on it after they jumped off uh, after the Notre Dame game. And, and that's a little frustrating because he, when they lose to Notre Dame, everything is wrong with the offense. The offensive line is the worst they've ever seen, this and that. And now all of a sudden we have a dominant offensive line and – Kron Higdon is up for Heisman. Shea Patterson's up for Heisman. Um, I just wish people would slow their roll a little bit and, and realize that it's a Western team that had just given up so many yards and so many points to Syracuse and not taking anything away from the guys on Saturday, but let's just slow down a little bit. Um, the, the biggest thing that I did take away is when we lined up and put a hat on a hat and ran downhill, I think I texted you during the game um, and said that you just can't stop that. Um, again, we were playing a, a Western team that's given up a lot of yards this year. Um, but when we put a guy on a guy and, and stop trying to zone block and run read option and screen passes and this and that, when we just put a guy on a guy and smash it down the field. Uh, I think this Michigan team can be very, very good. And without that, we, we have no, um, play fake and throw the ball deep. So, Hopefully they can establish the run early and often again this week and continue that throughout the year. Yeah, I think the run game looked really good. Obviously, good to see guys get in the end zone. Nothing's better than guys breaking free for big runs. We talked about the couple of big passes Shea Harrison had. Uh, I would like to see more True Wilson this week. Uh, I, I think we trust Karan Higdon and, and Chris Evans to, to continue to play well. Uh, and against a, a weaker opponent in SMU, I would like to see True Wilson get some more meaningful minutes, uh, maybe get a couple of carries. Not because I, I don't want uh, the, the two guys that we have up front carrying the load as the season goes on, but just to, to get better experience. Shea Harrison is where I absolutely want to see him for at least three quarters, unless it's like 60 to nothing or one of those Ohio State-type scores that they had against Oregon State. Uh, and then and then receivers. I would like to see uh, some receivers make plays again. I would like to see Donovan Peoples-Jones make a couple of plays. Maybe he can bust for a punt return touchdown. Uh, more Ambry Thomas on offense. Tight ends getting even heavy, more heavily involved. Just more things that really kind of, maybe not necessarily open up the playbook, but just get guys comfortable because... Before you know it, you're hosting Nebraska. Now they've got uh, quite the situation. Had a rained out or delayed game that was that was ended up being canceled, uh, and, and you lose a, your home opener, Scott Frost opener to Colorado. But Nebraska will play tough, and then you go on the road and play at Northwestern, uh, who who lost, uh, and then you host Maryland, a team that is surprising some people. And so, not very difficult games coming up, but anything you can do to show a little bit positive. 
uh, just to move forward obviously benefits the Wolverines. And hopefully after this weekend and then the next three, you're looking at a team that's going to be 5-1 and, one, uh, and and hopefully putting that Notre Dame behind them. Although I will say a quick note on that is if Notre Dame continues to win games, I think that not only the loss isn't as bad, I do think that Michigan, no matter what, will learn from that loss. And unlike teams who haven't played any tough opponents yet, I think that Michigan will really benefit from that. It's just staying clean, staying turnover-free, uh, and now penalty-free against a team like the Mustangs. Yeah, you mentioned that you'd like to see Shea Patterson play at least three quarters unless they're up big. Were you surprised at all um, on Saturday against Western how long the starters stayed in? No, because when you were searching for offense the week before uh, and you had very little success, I don't care who the opponent is, Just it's really just getting reps that aren't against your own defense and so your own defense that you play is going to be much tougher a lot more stout maybe even a better representation of a tougher opponent down the road Uh, but you know those guys those guys know the plays they know how to cheat and practice so on and so forth so just playing any defense uh, whether it's a really bad defense like western michigan's or what smu has been so far i would like to see the first team guys in there as long as possible uh, given that they stay healthy just again to get those reps uh, learn the playbook. You see Shea Harrison looking at, at the, the cheat sheet all the time, which isn't bad and which isn't wrong, uh, but whenever there's hurry-up offense, uh, you don't really have time to, to think too much. You just got to get in there and make plays. And so I would like to see some hurry-up in this game too. I, I want Michigan to be able to treat this uh, like a big game situation, treat every possession like they matter and they need to score, uh, because what you don't want to do is look sloppy at all against a bad team uh, you just need anything to move forward and really boost that confidence, in my opinion. Yeah, on Saturday, I I think I found myself kind of calling for the second string guys early in the third quarter. Uh, Michigan was up 35 to nothing there. I'd like to see the starters play a possession or two, but then I, I found myself kind of calling for Dylan McCaffrey to come in and maybe even just mix in some second string guys with the first string guys just to give them some reps with some some actual you know, real talent around them. Not that the second string guys don't have talent, but um, it's a whole another jump when you go from second string to, to first string. And uh, obviously the Notre Dame game, we got to see a little bit of what Dylan McCaffrey can do with that first string talent. So I wouldn't mind seeing that mixture this weekend if Michigan gets up big or when they get up big. Um, but I, I, I understand your point of getting more reps in for the, for the first string after you struggle to find some offense. But yeah, I would like to see some hurry up in this game as well. Um, it's it's clearly been a struggle so far, and getting a playoff quickly or knowing a play. Or um, I read something interesting that I forget I forget who it was. Uh, maybe Spinella said uh, last year guys didn't know maybe what to do on certain plays, and um, Kugler had to tell them where to go for certain run plays or pass plays, and, and this year guys just know. And so hopefully the offensive line will continue to get better and better each week. Um, I think the first week they obviously mm-hmm. were exposed pretty bad, but I think um, going forward they'll be a much better group. So let's turn and look at the defense quick before we wrap up. When you allow only three points and what could have easily been zero except for near at the end of the game when they when they got that uh, late game field goal uh, with most mostly second stringers no matter who the opponent is do you think that 
after surrendering 24 points to a good team on the road, holding a team scoreless if you're the first team, or, or to three points if you're the second team. Do you think that gives confidence moving forward? Oh, for sure it gives confidence. Um, regardless of who the opponent is, anytime you can go out and just feel like the guy and feel like the team that can stop anybody, um, that's going to propel you going forward. And we've seen that the last couple of years with Michigan. Um, they've started out with some lesser opponents, but they've completely shut them down. I think about... I think it was Harbaugh's first year where they went like three games without giving up a single point. And that's all anybody talked about. And yeah, they were playing some lesser opponents, but still, this is Division One college football, um, Big Ten football. And anytime you can go out and do that, uh, that's a, something you can hang your hat on. Yeah, and so and you, it's hard to compare uh, opponents, uh, when, especially opponents in the loss column. But I think of uh, Appalachian State. Uh, playing at Penn State or Utah State, again, playing at Michigan State. Teams that weren't supposed to have any business being in those games. And those teams might easily beat Western Michigan by a few touchdowns as well. But when you're not allowing points, uh, everybody has scares. And we were talking about Michigan-Akron. We can talk about Michigan-Appalachian State. There are Michigan-Toledo. There are plenty of games where Michigan either lost or could have lost to an opponent that had no business beating them, even in the years when Michigan wasn't uh, as talented as they, they have been in the Jim Harbaugh era, or even some of the Brady Hoke uh, early years. For me, I think that anytime you can come out and pitch a shutout, uh, it's meaningful, and hopefully uh, against SMU, and obviously it's very easy to, to be susceptible to giving up big plays really to, again, any opponent, but you come out and hold them uh, under 10 points, under 7 points, 3 points, even 0, you have a lot of confidence as Nebraska uh, comes in, you, you travel to Northwestern, and then again, Maryland uh, comes in. And, and really, I think after that 24 points that the defense gave up, I think they were frustrated with themselves. Uh, they rebounded in the second half of that game, but they came out so slow. Uh, they did not come out slow at all against Western, and I, I would expect that they cause a lot of problems uh, against SMU as well. The one thing that I would like to see more of is I would like to see more turnovers. Uh, I would like to see them create uh, more turnovers, get more takeaways, uh, just really wreak havoc in all phases of the game. But uh, pick some balls off, maybe a pick six, uh, sacks, fumbles, really anything that can, can add to those kind of stat lines. Because uh, you know guys are going to play well. You know guys are going to rush the quarterback. But forcing a team to make mistakes again, no matter who the opponent is, it gives you that extra confidence if you can pick the ball off as a as a cornerback or force a fumble as a linebacker. Yeah, and those are coming. I think of countless times in the first two games that a DB has had a sure pick and it's just kind of gone through his hand. I think of Brandon Watson a few times. Um, Brad Hawkins in the first game, there were a couple times there where should have been a pick and we just dropped it. I don't know if we're just looking up the field to, to try to make the next play or what, but those will come. Guys are in position. Um, I think as soon as the turnovers start coming, they're going to come in flocks. Um, I have seen this last week a lot of things going around comparing Brady Hoke and Jim Harbaugh, um, comparing the two at this point in their Michigan tenure, and the records look a lot alike. The, the rivalry games kind of look alike. Um, but I will say the one thing with Jim Harbaugh is these games against Western and SMU and 
you know, whatever the other opponents are the last few years, he's leaving no doubt out there when they play those teams. And that that's the difference between Brady Hoke and, and Rich Rod and Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Jim Harbaugh goes into those games, and they, they don't mess around from the first whistle. They go out, and they pound teams. And um, that's not going to show up on on paper necessarily, but there's no doubt in my mind about those games. And so when you get to a, a Michigan State game or a Penn State game and you lose a tough loss, it makes those losses, I don't know that they're they're easy, but maybe a little easier because you're not playing tight games against Illinois. I think of Richrod when they, they beat Illinois 67-65. Um, games like that just shouldn't happen when you're the University of Michigan. And Jim Harbaugh knows that, and he prepares his team well, so... I'm not worried at all about SMU. I think at the end of the first quarter, Michigan might just be running away with this, and I hope that's the case. So I just watched the Jeremy Gallon uh, 300 and uh, however many, 80 yards, 67 yards, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, performance, and couldn't help but notice that. How do you uh, go off for that many yards receiving and still let a team like Indiana hang around? And that's, that's really the difference. Now you did have... Uh, double overtime game against or not double was it double overtime last year? He had an overtime game against Indiana last overtime year. Overtime last year, but I think two years ago was maybe double overtime at Indiana in yep. the night game. We always seem to struggle with Indiana, so yep. maybe I got ahead of myself with saying Jim Harbaugh's always prepared, but there's something about that place. I think a lot of people struggle going yeah. there. Yeah, and there and there's trap games. I remember sure. the the Minnesota game where Wilton Spate comes in and it kind of saves the day. And so obviously uh, there's opponents that are, are better and worse year to year, and I think overall, just to kind of debunk that as well, is the Big Ten's way better. Oh yeah, uh, than than any of the Brady Hoke or Rich Rodriguez years. Last thing uh, before we end, I noticed that when Dylan McCaffrey comes in, one he's a little John O'Corn like, and he likes to tuck and run uh, quite fast uh, when he feels pressure. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Again, he's he's playing as the the reserve quarterback. But I've noticed that, and there's only two carries for eight yards, but Shea Patterson had technically two carries for zero yards. Or he had the one big carry where he scampered, and then he got the sack is, is what happened. Do you think uh, Shea Patterson will take off, or there'll be more draws, options, type running plays for him in the future, and do you think they're just holding it back? Because Dylan McCaffrey comes in and looks like he's looking to run all the time. Yeah, I think a little bit of that maybe is just McCaffrey not feeling 100% confident um, and doesn't want to take that big sack and doesn't maybe maybe doesn't want to take a sack and get injured like he saw Brandon Peters do, um, Wilton Spate do. Uh, maybe that's part of it. But I think, yeah, I think the playbook not even necessarily opens up, but I think that they just start to evolve the playbook for Shea Patterson as the year goes Um I like him under center. I like him rolling out, and I think that there's a lot that you can do out of that. Uh, like I said, I'm not a big fan of the run-pass option offense. Um, obviously, it works for the Eagles last year, but I- I'm just not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of a-, a running quarterback. I would rather see a guy under center, drop back, and, and pass from there. And Maybe I'm old school. I know you think I am, but... That's just what I like to see. I think that there's still a lot that they can do with Shea Patterson and, and utilize his arm, but also utilize his feet as well. Yeah, uh, the only place I disagree with you is I, I like a guy that has the ability to escape and, and knows how to do so in the right time. I mean, you've got guys like Troy Smith or or uh, or uh, uh, 
Brandon Winbush, those guys were a little bit too run heavy. Obviously, Denard Robinson, too run heavy. Uh, so think- There's a lot of guys who are almost run first minded, but Brandon Winbush came out and made good throws. The type of guy that I'm interested in seeing, and it's hard to compare a Deshaun Watson or a Cam Newton to someone the size of Shea Patterson, but guys that can kill you with their feet if they absolutely need to, but are still pass first. Uh, looking to drop back, not afraid to be in multiple formations. And that's what I think is the most effective. But you've got to have the perfect guy to fit that system. Right. And um, with what we've seen, and we've seen some RPO, and again, we saw Shea Harrison uh, leak out for a 16-yard gain. We just haven't seen a lot of it. And, and I would still agree with you in this way. I would like to see pass first, and I would like to see lots of passing, especially in yeah. these early games. Yeah. If, it, if it takes uh, beating Michigan State uh, and he has to start – uh, taken off like uh, Kenny. This is this shows you how how much I care about the Spartans. Brian the Worky. Yep. Just watch that game. Stay up till two twenty in the morning watching them lose to Arizona State. Brian the Worky is not afraid to take off. I think he had over five hundred rushing yards last year. But you don't think of him as a run first guy. And no. so that's the type of guy that I hope Shea Patterson uh, can prove to be as the year goes on. Well, that's all we have for this time around in divine intervention. We look forward to talking with you guys again next week, hopefully after a blowout, uh, let's say 56-0 to zero win over SMU. Oh, that's a big one. I I don't know that it'll be that big because I think that Arbaugh and the gang will take their foot off the gas pedal like they usually do. Uh, as much as I don't want them to, I think it'll be more of a, uh, I don't even know, maybe like a 38-6 to six game. And I can see that too. And I'm more okay with them taking the foot off the gas this week as, as conference play approaches. But yeah, I run up the score early uh, and only take your foot off if you're winning 35 nothing at halftime. Well, talk to you next time. Go Blue.